0: Dear Truckin' Awesome, what do you think of when someone says tough? Honestly, I think of a Toyota truck. Tundra's one mean mother of a truck with a twin-turbo V6 and incredible going power, and the Tacoma claws through terrain with a taller suspension and lots of creature comforts in the cockpit. Both Toyota trucks are decked out with tons of cool features and tech you'll dig. Check them out at toyota.com, folks. Visit your front-range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. What's up, guys? Before we jump into the show, we're excited to tell you about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft Coffee is the CBD-enriched java that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It's even helped decrease anxiety. Whatever it is, you name it, it's helped. CBD is all-natural and non-psychoactive, and the coffee's rich and tasty. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. Let's jump into the show. Broncos Country yes. sitting in the south stands, drinking the curds from my High, the best part of the weekend. Hugging the The BSN Bachelorette Podcast, presented by Elixinol, and you know the word on Elixinol—it's great. It helps. It—it's great. It's—it's it's awesome, and you need it to help you with whatever you're struggling with. And five percent of your purchase to this great CBD company will go to a nonprofit of your choice when you visit elixinol.com to get yours today. Well, Zach, we. Almost had an amazing candidate for We Get Mad Monday. Mm-hmm. We Get Mad Wednesday. Mm-hmm. We Get Mad Monday might have a better <laughs> ring to it. We Get Mad Wednesday would have been super lit Ooh. if they messed this one up. Mm-hmm. But knowing that they could go right into the jaws of We Get Mad Wednesday, <laughs> the Hall of Fame avoided us. And made the right decision. A rare feat for the Hall of Fame. They did the right thing. Pat Owen and his family will receive a gold jacket and a Hall of Fame ring.
1: I'm mad that they
0: made the right decision, Ryan. Because now
1: <laughs> I can't get mad at them for this. But yes, come on. It, I mean, we can be mad just the fact that there was a decision. Seriously. That, that had to be made. What, what are they thinking?
0: This is this is ridiculous. We're gonna get mad anyway. Yes. You know what? <laughs> they wouldn't have done this if it wasn't for the pressure. It's true. Yep. And I'm of the belief that they dictated the terms. Mmm. In terms of what happens to it? Because while I believe the Bolin family would have been very happy putting the jacket and ring in the front showcase of the Paul Bolin. Uh, Center at the UC Health Training Center. I don't think that would have been difficult for them to come to that decision. But if you read between the lines of the statement that was released, it kind of feels like the Hall of Fame said, okay, well, we'll give this to you, but you have to put it on display. Right, exactly,
1: because what they they don't want um, to give the gold jacket and the ring out to deceased members of the Hall of Fame because they don't want their families to sell it and like we said, that's ridiculous. You can lease it to them. You can do whatever. So I, I buy into that. But why? why? Why was this difficult? Why is this a decision not just for, for Pat Bowen, but heck, if, if I'm the son or cousin or related or a friend of someone that makes it into the Hall of Fame, but they're no longer alive and they don't get the gold jacket in the ring, to me, that just screams you're cheap. You're cheap, and you don't want to do this just because you don't want
0: to do it. So at least they made the right decision. Also, like it's none of your business what right? the family does with it after <laughs> yeah. it's off your hands. Yeah. Well, do you think that like stains the Hall of Fame in some way? No. Right. So give the people their their awards for their accomplishments and get the hell out of the way. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that we found a way to get <laughs> mad about this, and that wasn't even that wasn't even canned. I, I thought we really were gonna. Just give them credit for doing the right thing and move on. And that's just the appetizer. That is well, I, I felt pretty hearty. Um, but yeah, was that is that too much mad for you? You, you want to move on, be I happy? Just, I think we're going in for a second entree right now. So this is a buffet.
1: <laughs> that was an entree style or size salad, and now we're going in for what prime rib, sushi.
0: I don't know, but we are going to get mad. <laughs> So, first of all, I'm glad that that happened. Uh, the Bowen family deserves it. And, again, I think they always would have said, we're going to put it on display for Broncos fans. That's just the way they kind of roll.
1: And that's what's so cool. And it fits Pat so well uh, to to be able for fans to go in and see both of those things. And that's really something that fans, not just Broncos fans, but fans of any team, don't get to see. Because typically these people get – their Hall of Fame jacket, and they get their Hall of Fame ring, and they get to keep those things so that they're not shown to the public. So that'll be very cool. Very, very cool.
0: Okay. Next on the list here is a discussion sparked earlier this week by Dan Burke. We decided to save it for We Get Mad Wednesday. And it's – I'm curious to see what you think. But um, here's what he said. In this week's episode of the National Disrespect to the Denver Broncos, Bleacher Report has the Broncos coaching staff as the fifth worst in the league. Someone want to tell me how having the current reigning assistant coach of the year as your head coach slash defensive play caller, a top three offensive line coach, one of the best defensive line coaches in the league, as well as Ed Donatell, who's a wizard when it comes to developing secondary players, somehow equals a bottom five coaching staff in the NFL. Pisses me off, Ryan. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: it does because it. I find it just like the other things that we've got mad about. It's lazy, it's it's lazy. But but it's easy to say, okay, no no head coaching experience from the head guy, no experience from the offensive coordinator. Uh, you know he's he's even relatively new to the NFL. So it's easy to look at those two things and say, oh, and then Ed Donatel. He's been a defensive coordinator, then he's had to take a demotion as secondary. He's been a defensive coordinator, had to take a demotion. So if you look at it like that, it could be easy to, to make an argument. Okay, you know what? We're, well, we can't spend too much time on the Broncos, so let's just, you know, bottom tier. It's easy to do that. But when you dive in and look at everything, you realize, okay, I'm not going to make, Ryan, I'm not going to make the argument now that, that there's so much disrespect that they should be a top five coaching staff, but come on. It's got to fall somewhere in the middle. They're not a bottom five staff.
0: Yeah, and the only defense here, I guess, would be if they're just saying there's no way a new coaching staff can be inside the top twenty. But at that point, you're, I, I think you're just you're being a little lazy, like you mentioned, because it's your job or our job to prognosticate a little bit, to have an opinion, to you know. I would respect it if, if he put the Broncos in the top ten and then defended his decision. You know, at least you're going out on a limb a little bit there. Mm-hmm. This, to me, feels like, eh, new coaching staff. Doesn't follow the trends. What? Uh, uh, 26. Right. Exactly. 27.
1: 27. Oh, that's even worse than bottom five. Doesn't that sound yeah, worse? 27. <laughs> oh, that's, that's bad. So, when I look at this, they got to be in the top 20 for one reason. It's Vic Fangio. Because yes, not and not not Vic Fangio is a head coach. Vic Fangio is a defensive coordinator because we know he's going to be that for the Broncos for for the most part. He was he's been what his defense has been top ten pretty much every year outside of the first year he's been with a, a defensive staff. When he's been with that staff for multiple years, his defense has been a top five. Last year, a top one. The year before that, in the top five. So. This is a top five, or this is a top, what, three defensive coordinator in the league. A lot of people, including you, you talked to, who was it? Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips, who said he is the best defensive coordinator. So right there, let's just say Rich Scangarello is 32. He's the worst offensive coordinator in the league. Well, you take Vic Fangio as a a first, second, or third, if you want to just disrespect him too. Well, then you fall right in the middle you fall at 15, then if you want to discount him for having no experience as a head coach, then you can drop him to maybe 20, but you can't forget about the best offensive line coach in the game.
0: Yeah, and that's what, when you said, because of one thing, I thought that's actually where you were going to go. Let's just strip the head coach away right now. You have the best defensive coordinator in football. Let's just, we'll be generous here. Top three defensive coordinator in football, top two... Offensive line coach in football. Yep. Top five defensive line coach in football, Mm. in my opinion. Just forget about who the head coach is. When you're – football's in the trenches, right? That's where it starts. Yep. When you dominate both sides of the trenches in a coaching category, and we know that the talent could be certainly better for Mike Munchak and maybe even for Bill Kolar as well. But when you dominate those two from a coaching perspective – and then you throw in a top coordinator, there's just no way you could be in the bottom five.
1: Uh, This is just going to make, if you're a Denver sports fan, this is going to make you mad. But this reminds me of what the Los Angeles Lakers are about to look like. When they add Kawhi, and then you have AD, LeBron, Kawhi, and then the rest of your team is no one, it doesn't matter. You still got the big three. And now I know coaching staffs are a little different, but come on, even if you and I, are rounding out the Lakers' top five, they're still great. They're still phenomenal. You can't just discount those three guys and say, ah, but the other nine are no ones, even though you and I, of course, aren't no ones. You can't do that. (laughs) And for a coaching staff that has, like you just laid out, you know, three top coaches that are at very impactful positions, you can't discount that. You can't discount it. But you know what we just did there, Ryan? We spent more than 34 seconds, no, 3.4 seconds evaluating this coaching staff because top level, you look, and Ed Donatel, that's not the sexiest name out there, Uh, Vic Fangio, no experience as a head coach, and Rick Scangarello, what, he's been in the NFL as a quarterback's coach the past two years. So you could easily say, ah, there we go. You take one step further and you see... What studs they have across their or across their coaching staff?
0: I completely agree. I'm trying to look up um, the actual story here because I want to see what their mm-hmm. what their reasoning is behind this. You know, it's real quick. If the Lakers were to put you and I on the floor, <laughs> I was thinking about this. <laughs> Offensively, they're going to be fine yep. because I'm going to knock down threes all day, <laughs> and the, oh, those other guys will need. help out too. Um, Defensively, here's what I think they do: <laughs> you put Kawhi at the top of the key, and then you put both uh, AD and LeBron down on the block. Okay, and then they just tell like you and I just chase around the shooters, like just mm. try and make sure the shooters don't get an open three. Mm-hmm. And then any time a guy gets by you, whatever side of the court it is, you'll just have Kawhi collapse mm. and AD collapse, or Kawhi mm. collapse and LeBron collapse to that I like side. That. And we'll be fine. And then if they pass it, you know, then on the other side, you'll have LeBron or whoever.
1: What is it? Cincinnati that runs a stifling zone defense that just smothers teams. Syracuse. Is that what yes. you're thinking? Of? Yeah. Syrac- I think Cincinnati does too, but yeah, Syracuse. That's it. We'd just be that formula. Uh, and I actually think I'd benefit from the NBA game because when you play at the gym, it's easy to push me around. Come on, I'm I'm not going to lie to you guys. But you know what they call that in the NBA? They call it a foul.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't go to the gym and just be calling fouls no. from like getting pushed out no. from underneath the basket when you're no. trying to rebound. Nope. Um, That kind of reminds me of an old theory I have on the golf course. Mm. Sometimes, if there's no money on the line or anything, I'll play what I like to call PGA Tour rules. Okay. <laughs> which is... When you hit a ball that is decidedly not lost, like, you didn't, like, blow it into the weeds or whatever, but then you can't find it. I always got like, oh, I' just free PGA Tour drop because on the PGA <laughs> Tour, there would have been people around and they would have found the ball.
1: <laughs>
0: I like that. I like that. Because it's, like... You like hit it to the right side of the fairway, like just into the rough. And then you get up there and you can't find it. And you're like, mm. I did not, I do not deserve to have to dr- mm. to take a penalty here because the ball just somehow disappeared. So are you dropping it on the fairway then? No. no you, okay. Oh, so you're fair. Yeah. No, you just say like, I think it would have been right here. Okay. So if there was a crowd here, they would have <laughs> known exactly where it was.
1: Could you imagine if the crowd just couldn't find one like that? Like one that was in the boundary.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've seen, yeah, I've seen like when they were playing at Pebble Beach for the U.S. Open, I think it was Phil Mickelson who like blasted one down into like the rocks on the mm. side of the beach. And they had like <laughs> 20 people searching for it and they couldn't <laughs> find it, which I just think is crazy. Yeah. Like it goes over your head and you're like, <laughs> right. you should be able to see it. Not, yep. You're not 350 yards away like the, like, you know, whoever's teeing off. You. But yeah. But I, I just, you know. PGA free, that's Pj Tour rule. <laughs> Wouldn't have been gone if there's people here. I like that. I like that. So like, like playing in the NBA, yep. playing on the Pj Tour <laughs> is actually easier than just recreational. It ball. really is. I, I can back that. <laughs> it's like the opposite. You would get the opposite of the LeBron effect. Like LeBron right. never gets a call because if they called every time someone like reached in on him or whatever, he'd be at the line the whole game.
1: And here's the, here's the great thing. I hate floppers.
0: I wouldn't even be flopping. I mean, you touched me. I'm going down. (laughs) Okay, Zach. I found the article. And let me tell you. Is it just going to piss me off even more? First of all, our math was off. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) They're actually 28th, which is way worse than 27th. Is that even math or
1: is that more just counting? Like that's even like, math. that's even more elementary.
0: <laughs> I, I feel like bottom five, you take five away from 32 and you're at 27. That's what it feels like. It should be. <laughs> Somehow we're at 28. I even had to count them. I'm like, 28, Oh yeah. Um, as we well, scroll this, to get to 28. This is not what you would call a rip job. In fact, it leaves me scratching my head as to why they're twenty-eighth. Because he pretty much says everything that we just said.
1: And that's just going to make me even more frustrated. If you, like, like last week when, when we talked about Philip Lindsay being like a bottom 10 running back, it was all good things about him. If you're going to do something like that, it's okay as long as you justify it. And you can't say something's bad and justify it with only good.
0: And, it, and as I predicted, all the new coaching staffs are at the bottom, mm-hmm. which I just think is weak. Yeah, it's you, lazy. you gotta tr- you got to try to guess a little. Yep. Don't just tell me, well, they haven't proved anything yet, so I'm not putting him up there. Okay, here's what he says. It's about time that Vic Fangio got a chance to run an NFL team. Over the last two-plus decades, Fangio has developed a reputation as one of the best defensive minds in the game. Oh, wow. So he agrees with us. Yes. He was the first defensive coordinator the Carolina Panthers ever had, and he also had stints in Indianapolis, Houston, Baltimore, San Francisco, and most recently Chicago. You know what? I'm going to stop you really quick seems like he needed filler space. We don't care that he was the first
1: defensive coordinator the Panthers had and then he just listed off his resume. Got yeah.
0: to get 150 words I on his resume. I guess, I guess. The nightmare of the Bears defense in 2018, Fangio was the coordinator for that sym- symphony of destruction. A symphony of destruction, man, it sounds like this is going to be a good ranking. His fingerprints will no doubt be all over the the Denver defense as well. But an Ed Donatel, who had several pro seasons as a coordinator Fangio got a veteran assistant to take care of the day-to-day defensive stuff.
1: I thought when you said, but, But, with Ed Donatel, it was going to be a negative. Nope, just a positive. Okay, here we
0: go. Here's where it gets really good, really good, (laughs) Zach. The question mark will be on the other side of the ball. Fair enough, right? Yeah, absolutely. Offensive line coach Mike Munchak has over two decades of experience. (laughs) Okay, we're still talking about good stuff, and here's where it gets the best. Mm. But in the rest of the offensive staff including quarterbacks coach T.J. McCartney. They don't have anyone. And wide receivers coach Zach Azani. They have short resumes at the professional level. Wow. Who wrote this? I believe his name is Gary Davenport. Well, Gary,
1: you'd probably be in the bottom five of uh, some rankings for for the T.J.
0: reference. Come on. Now, see, okay. Mm. I am not what you would call a grammar Nazi. But you got to spell the names right. You have to because then it makes you just
1: look even more lazy. Right. Exactly. And because TC is a little, uh, it's not mainstream. TJ would, of course, be more mainstream. It just makes it, again, seem like he is not connected with his coaching staff at all.
0: (sighs) That one got me. That's Mm, when I really (laughs) just said, okay, well, now everything you said was irrelevant. (laughs) Right. Because you... You can't tell me – the only point he makes here, the only negative point is that TJ McCartney <laughs> and Zach Azani have short resumes at the professional level. That's mm-hmm. – in the entire – he didn't even mention Rich Gangarello.
1: How? How do you not mention him? And, Ryan, this is just what you said yesterday. Is inexperience a bad thing? It... Not
0: necessarily. Exactly. Not until it is. Exactly.
1: Not necessarily. The Rams – Look like freaking geniuses for going after Sean McVay, who had no experience. They were probably ranked. Where were they ranked when he took over? It had to be 32. Probably just like Zach Taylor is in on this one. Exactly, man. If Zach Taylor goes on to have any what near a, a Sean McVay career, this guy's gonna look so silly for just saying up oh, an experienced young guy, putting him at the bottom. Shouldn't actually the inexperienced young guys, including Kif, your your boy Cliff Kingsbury, who's the second worst coaching staff according to him shouldn't they even have like maybe
0: more of a boost just because of what's happened recently i just, i don't know i don't know where his head's at here but tj mccartney is the end of uh, of his credibility yeah <laughs> yeah I, spe- I mean you just got that's the if that's gonna be the only negative thing you bring up at least like say something about him mm-hmm Oh, well, TC McCartney's only been in the NFL for so and so many years as a, you know, glorified intern or something like that. Like, you got to at least give me a reason other than the quarterbacks and wide receivers coach. That's his only reason. Yeah. They're the uh the 28th coaching staff in the NFL according to this guy because the quarterbacks coach and the wide receivers coach have short resumes at the professional level.
1: And I'm not going to lie to you just like Ed Donatel is not really the defensive coordinator. Like, he doesn't have those major responsibilities because of Vic Fangio. TC is kind of in the same boat. He's not going to be called upon to do 100% of the quarterback duties. He, he's going to be there. He's going to be in the room. I'm not discounting any of that, but come on. You didn't hire Rich Scangarello to just completely oversee the offense. You hired him to groom your quarterbacks, and that's what that's what uh, Rich has admitted this year, this offseason, is that when he has to choose between which rooms he's going in, he's going in the quarterback room.
0: As it should be. Yeah. And you know what? T.C. McCartney, what is – and maybe even Rich Cangarillo, what are they telling Joe Flacco? Right. Other right. than helping him with play calls and the offense and all that stuff. Like, I wouldn't expect – uh, what's the dude's name from last year? Mike something or other. Mike Sullivan. Not the like, not even the him who is a experienced guy. Like he's not going to be able to tell Joe Flacco like, oh, you need to change this about your no. delivery or whatever. No. So what are you asking of TC McCartney this year? To me, it's help Drew Locke become a pro. Right. It doesn't even have to like Rich Gangarella is going to deal with the mechanical stuff. Yep. It's. Take Drew under your wing. You can relate to him as a fellow young guy. Mm-hmm. Just teach him how to be a pro. Tell him when to get here in the morning. You know, uh, Have him stay a little after practice and work on whatever we worked on during practice. Right. Like, that's all you're asking of T.C. McCartney this year. Yep.
1: So if you really want to boil this down, there's Zach Azani, who is, I guess, a younger guy. And uh, sure, I, gu- I guess I, I'm not going to go go to bat for him and say he's not a younger guy and but again inexperience isn't bad but according to him they they're maybe two most least significant coaches are inexperienced and we'll just we'll just put them down below he didn't even mention about Vic not being uh not having head coaching experience and how that's going to really hurt them because you know what he probably would He probably would have pointed to clock management and time management being an issue, but he couldn't have done that because when he was in San Francisco with Harbaugh, Harbaugh gave him all of the clock management stuff in game, so he couldn't have even done that.
0: You know what makes this worse? What? What? What's worse? Oh. What's worse, Zach? No experience or bad experience. What's worse? Bad experience. Okay, so Vic Fangio at 0-0 zero and zero is 500, right? He's mm-hmm. 500 all-time as a head coach. Yep. You know who they have one spot ahead of the Broncos? Someone with a losing record. Adam Gase. Oh. oh, after this year's press conferences too, huh? It, that's the picture too. Oh my God. <laughs> Adam Gase at 23-25 and 25 <laughs> with Dowell Logans. Loganes, okay. And Greg Williams as his coordinators. mm. luck and And, he's a general manager the description of this one he's ripping adam gaze wow (laughs) wow oh here we go 26 an even worse losing record who jacksonville jaguars with doug marone 31 and 35 in his career Oh my gosh oh at 25 an even worse losing record Matt Patricia
1: at 6-10 in his uh, career. I talked to someone last night, and they said, would you rather have Matt Patricia or Vic Fangio? Matt Patricia going into year two or Vic Fangio right now? I said, easy, easy, easy. Give me Vic Fangio. So Matt easy. Patricia is – I thought he had a chance to maybe not be in the Bill Belichick tree of failure. No, he's re- lined up perfectly. I'd probably put him last. <laughs> yeah. and he, not Not his brain because
0: he's a smart man, but – he had like we, he couldn't handle the media. Then weird power trips. Okay, so below that is when you Wait, start so
1: are we taking up until that point, are we taking Vic above all those guys?
0: Everyone the in Broncos front of them? Coaches, yeah. Yeah, I would still take Cliff. But <laughs> other than that, I'm taking Vic over everyone on the list so far. Me too. Okay, so this is the first one with the winning record. Mm. And that would be John Gruden at twenty four. By the way, John Gruden's mm. only six games over five hundred in his coaching career, ninety nine and ninety three. After he, after they went to the Super Bowl, he they fell off. Freddie Kitchens is somehow at twenty three. What? That's bizarre. It is. That's bizarre. very bizarre.
1: Man, look what a hundred million dollars gets you. Wow, Matt Lafleur at twenty two. How? How? Because he knows Aaron Rodgers. See that he's just he's betting on Aaron Rodgers to save
0: him. Probably i bet you wouldn't make. No way. Another, no way. At 21, another losing record. Sean McDermott, 15 and 17. Mm, yeah, he kind of rubs me the wrong way. At 20, one of the worst losing records so far. Jay Gruden, 35, 44, and 1. What?
1: What? It
0: would, what he should have done
1: is if you wanted to be lazy in these rankings, take all the bad coaches and put them in the back then put the inexperienced. then go the, the good records.
0: You ready for the worst winning percentage yet? Uh-oh. Number 17, Oh, Kyle Shanahan mm-hmm. and the 49ers at 10 and 22. I'm
1: shocked he even put him that low at 17. A little disrespect coming from Kyle Shanahan, but you know what? What's the record? 10 and 22. Vance Joseph has a wins. better freaking record than Kyle Shanahan. What What are we doing here? What is, what's up with Kyle Shanahan? Yeah, I don't, I'm not saying that the 49ers made a bad hire, but you can't defend it now. Yeah, I know they've had all the injuries. Every team has had injuries now. Come on.
0: I mean, they've had injuries, but Vance Joseph had Trevor Simeon, <laughs> Paxton Lynch, and Brock Osweiler, and Case Keenum. <laughs> it's true. That's like, that they might as well be injuries. Because yes. the first string quarterback got injured, <laughs> that's how you ended up with those losers.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: uh, seven. Uh, look, I like Kyle Shanahan. I'm still like a believer that he can be a good head coach. But you, at 10 and 22, you can't defend. You can't. You, you can't can defend, defend 17. It. Let's see if there's any other bad ones in here. Winning, records, winning I can only, records. I can only guess. Who Who do we think is? Wait, have you seen the top five?
1: Nope. Who do you think is number two? Because I think it's pretty clear who number one would be. Sean McVay. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be right. I feel like you got to have the Saints in there. Whoa. Hmm. What do you think about this? Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers at eight. He he's got the record: 125, 66 and one. But I feel like it has been trending down for a few years. And the coach, in terms of a coaching staff, it fell off a cliff this past year, including losing
0: Mike Munchak. Yep. I think it's too high, but the record gives you at least something to defend it. Exactly. Matt Nagy, number ten. Wow. We'll see what happens with that without Vic Fangio. Impressive start, right? But without Vic Fangio, Mm -hmm. now you have Chuck Pagano as your defensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. We'll see. Andy Reid. Andy reading the top four.
1: It's probably defensible. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Sean Sean McVay. Peyton number three. Sean McVeigh number two. And Bill
0: Belichick number one. There's some there's some really indefensible stuff in here. And again, if you're going to make the leap of putting Freddie Kitchens at twenty one, what is stopping you? from putting vic fangio at 20 like we said 20 20 is probably should be the floor for this staff
1: yep man would you rather have freddie kitchens or vic fangio vic
0: fangio easy
1: in a heartbeat in a heartbeat the only person that maybe wouldn't want that is baker mayfield and that's why freddie kitchens is the coach of the browns right now
0: i feel like bake would love this coaching staff yeah, They're just the, the very
1: straightforward.
0: And TC, they can talk about their beards together. Not
1: TJ. Oh yes. Right.
0: TJ McCartney. <laughs> That's such a big L. I mean, you only wrote 150 words. You can't misspell a name in there.
1: Nope. Unbelievable. It's bad. So well, you know what? Who is it? Greg SM? Greg. Davenport? That's it. Greg Davenport. You know what? Thank you, Greg Davenport, for getting me wired on this Wednesday, getting us fired up, getting us pissed off at you.
0: We we couldn't have We Get Mad Wednesday if it wasn't for people like you, Greg, and for that. And we also thank Weinster, because it's not just a We Get Mad Wednesday, Zach. It's a Weinster Wednesday. If you're like me, you're trying to figure out how to become a mature, refined adult. Or you just really like wine, you have to check out my friends over at Weinster. Nothing pairs quite with an episode of The Bachelorette like a nice package from Weinster. Weinster is an innovative, online, direct-to-consumer wine club connecting wine drinkers with more than 110 of the best wineries in America today. What makes them special is that the majority of the wineries they work with are too small to attract the attention of retailers, meaning not only are you getting access to some delicious and hard-to-find wines, you're also supporting real people making real wine, not one of the few large corporations producing most of the wines available in stores. Think of the wines in stores as Bleacher Report. No disrespect. <laughs> and think of Weinster as BSN. Your in depth knows the name of the, the quarterback coach type of wines. Mm,
1: man, that's good. Knows it's TC.
0: Yes. With Weinster, all you have to do is sit back and relax as they curate a hand-picked shipment from the best small wine producers in the U.S. Then when you fall in love with a couple, as a club member, you can have them sent right back to your door with no shipping costs. And I personally love Weinster because it was founded by three CU Boulder alums. Sign up today with the code BSN25 to get $25 off your first shipment of wine and start being a real grown-up. That's Weinster, W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R. That's 25 bucks off your first box. That's a, a pretty sick deal. All right, Zach, what's next? We got the question of the week.
1: And maybe you guys should have been using Weinster more last night. You would have been more active on your phone. But we still did get a few responses in here. And, of course, question of the week is presented by Sports Column. You got to go check them out. Great time of the year, summertime, right next to Coors Field, right before a game, after a game, especially on Friday nights, right? Ooh, Friday nights. <laughs> Get drunk. That's, that should be their uh, slogan. It's Friday nights, get drunk here. And if you were the GM of the Broncos, what's one realistic trade you would want to make?
0: Zach, I think we made this one a little too hard. Yep, I th- maybe it was too much, Weinster. Yeah, people were like, I can't think about this right now. <laughs> well, we got a couple good responses. We had some. We had some buzzer beaters right now, so we actually were looking good. Uh, the first one's from Cody T. He says, Houston linebacker, Bernardrick McKinney for Garrett Bowles and a fourth round pick. I love it. Does that work?
1: But we said realistic. I don't, think, I don't think they do. Well, what's the value of Garrett Bowles right now? Straight up in terms of draft pick.
0: I think you could look at some of his tape from the end of last year mm-hmm. and say uh, he can be a middle of the road left tackle.
1: So is that second round pick? Is that third round if you're trading just for a straight-up pick.
0: Who do they have at left tackle? Do the they like their left tackle? Texans?
1: I don't know who they have at left tackle. I know their line in general is not very solid.
0: So maybe they're willing to take a risk on a former first-round pick here. Right. And they value him a little higher.
1: God, you got to trade him now before they're like, well, Mike Munchak said no. Yeah, no, thank you.
0: They might even just think that when you call them about the trade. They're like, oh, my God, they're trying to trade him. That means Munch (laughs) said, get this guy out of my room.
1: So I don't think it works, especially a fourth-round pick. Maybe a third-round pick in Garrett Bowles, but Benarjic McKenney, you're getting a former second-round pick, a young guy still on his rookie deal who was a pro bowler last year. So, I mean, talk about different trajectory paths. is he he's what the Broncos hope Justin Hollins can be. He's 6'4", 6'5", 250, 260, and he plays inside linebacker. Crazy. Over 100 tackles last year. I think since he's came into the league, he's averaged over 100 tackles
0: per year. It's going to be a tough tough snag. Yeah. Uh, next one comes in from Elway's Ego. This is a parody account. <laughs> they said, uh, well, I wanted to trade Case Keenum to Washington for a round of golf, but they gave me a sixth <laughs> instead. They said the golf was too
1: steep.
0: <laughs> Would you trade Case for, for a round of golf? Yeah. <laughs> Can we play somewhere nice, or is it just going to be at like the local muni? Yeah, it'll probably be at a public course. Uh, yep, still doing it. <laughs> Next one's from Micah Pexa. You want me to let, me, let you read one?
1: Sure, I'll read this one. He <laughs> says, next year's one and two for Trent Williams. Throw some gumballs in for good measure. And then Felix responded and said, why though? wonder if Felix is uh, wondering why gumballs you're throwing in
0: or why the trade? And then Zan responded to them and said, Trent Williams is old and banged up and wants a new contract. And you're trading a first, a second, and a left tackle who's only played 32 games. Good thing you're not the GM. Mm. I will say the the one and two is too much. I'm not giving up a one at all. In fact, mm. I'll give you a two in Garrett Bulls. But you got <sighs> you got to you got as a team you got to ink up the new contract. For uh, me, I'm just true. saying like if I can lock down the left side of my line, I just don't care.
1: And what are we talking? How old is Trent Williams? How many? He's been in the league for. That's Ten years, counting. I was counting. Ten years. So he's probably around thirty-two. Do you do the trade? Yeah, and you're right. You don't. You probably don't have to give up a first, a second, and Garrett Bowles. A late first or a second, I think, would do it with Garrett Bowles because, like you said, you got to pay him the big money.
0: Yeah, and that's why they're having trouble with him. Jeez, I don't even think you'd have to do a first. No, 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 no. He's too old for a first. Go with a second. And, and Garrett
1: Would you do it? Yep. And pay Trent Williams, what, 15?
0: Sure. I mean, salary cap doesn't exist. So. I would do
1: it. I would do it right now. Make him happy.
0: All right. Zan, who was very critical of Micah Pexa, <laughs> rudely even, <laughs> um, said he'd trade Demarcus Walker in a sixth for John Ross. Yeah, I think he's overpaying. For John Ross? Who's overpaying where? Zan is overpaying to get John Ross. Mm. Just a sixth. A six would do it. It
1: Wasn't that, weren't, weren't those the rumors earlier this year?
0: Maybe Zach Taylor wanted to keep him.
1: Why is he still on the team? Because of Zach Taylor?
0: Maybe. He's like, I, I think I can get something out of him. Everyone's always selfish like that.
1: What is Demarcus Walker worth? Nothing. And that, that's probably what they're thinking with, with John Ross. He's worth nothing right now. He's a talent. The, the coaching staff is probably saying, let's just see if we can get something out. Because what's better? Getting a potential great returner? or a seventh-round pick,
0: or a potential deep threat, or a sixth-round pick, I think you take the potential for one more year. At least John Ross has something to hang his hat on. We right. know he's fast. We've seen it with our own eyes. Mm-hmm. What is Demarcus Walker hanging his hat on? He
1: could rush the passer back in college.
0: Right, right.
1: That's, that's Very it. well. Yeah, very well. That's it.
0: What about those two, just straight up? Demarcus Walker for John Ross. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably pretty fair, right? Both teams just think, oh, we'll we'll give this guy a fresh start. Would you like that? I would love it from a Broncos perspective. I would hate it from a Bengals perspective.
1: In a heartbeat, I would do it.
0: Yeah, it's easy.
1: Maybe Demarcus Walker finds new life next to Geno Atkins.
0: Maybe. (laughs) Maybe he finally does something this year. Maybe he's active this year.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's the starting point.
0: Mm -hmm. Let's get a jersey on you, bud. Was he dog-housed by Vance Joseph? Remember, his first practice ever, he had to leave because he was too hot. Oh, God.
1: Vance didn't like that.
0: No. Oh, could you... What would Vic say about that? Yeesh. Yeah. Vance was... (laughs) He was stone-faced about it.
1: That may have been the, the meanest Vance was ever to a player.
0: He was not happy with the condition that no. Demarcus Walker came into camp. In. Which
1: is weird because Demarcus Walker came from Florida, where I can only imagine training camp was way worse in the heat
0: and the humidity. Yeah, you're just like pouring sweat. Ugh. Yeah, no humidity here, bud. No. Yeah, that was that was bad.
1: Wonder how Vic Fangio's skin is doing.
0: I think that started it all for Demarcus Walker. Like all, I remember all of his teammates it's, like clowning him after the walk after the walkthrough.
1: Yeah. I, it feels like we're talking about him as a past.
0: I mean, all, so is he still, talking about the past <laughs> in college. <laughs> that's, that's what
1: Draymond Jones is here for, right? A situational pass rusher on the defensive line? Yep. What's DeMarcus Walker supposed to be? That. Yeah, exactly. Actually,
0: you draft him the second round. Yeah, He's I supposed sh- to be an every down defensive end.
1: But now what are you hoping from him? Hoping at the best is that he's just a situational pass rusher. And now you've got the young new thing in here. Yeah. You don't He's getting cut. How how is this a girlfriend thing? You don't start talking to a new girl and making it public and introducing her to people if you know that if you think that you may stick with the other one, right? <laughs> did, did I do that right? Yeah, was close.
0: <laughs> the hard thing is like he's still there. So she like the girl is still She still lives with you. Uh, And you're on a break? Maybe that's it. (laughs) You're on a break and you're dating someone new.
1: And you're living with the person you were on a break with.
0: The chances of you getting back together is... Oh, God. (laughs) Slim to none. Might as well trade her. But she's still into it. Right. So it's still an option if for some reason the new thing doesn't work out.
1: But your mind isn't there.
0: What do you mean? The, oh, yeah, yeah. You, not, not you, sorry. You've moved on. Yeah, yes. have moved on. <laughs> yep. <sighs> that, that draft class is... Garrett Bowles. Tragic.
1: He's the best thing there. Remember when Chad Kelly, when we were talking last year, we were like, man, if Chad Kelly somehow can work out, this whole draft class is saved. Yep. And then he becomes Woody.
0: And then he gets smacked <laughs> upside the head with a vacuum tube. Oh Covering Rock. the Broncos is so fun. <laughs> All right, last one here is from Kale Sorbo. Not feeling great about our wide receiver group. Minnesota has too much cap space taken up by their group. Possibly next year's first for Adam Thielen. Great leader and fits the current culture. Assuming Locke is the real deal, it'd be a sure bet for a first-rounder.
1: Hmm. I don't think a first would be enough. I think they love Adam Thielen, and I think Adam Thielen is a very good football player, I don't think he's worth more than one first in something else. I don't think he's worth that.
0: Trades only happen if one team likes a guy a lot more than the other team. Yeah. Essentially.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you're not going to like Adam Thielen more than the Vikings do.
1: What? What would that be? Two firsts in order for the Vikings to say, whoa, they do like him more than we do. Probably. I mean, they didn't they just sign him up to fifteen a year?
0: Yeah, they, they give him a big, big maybe contract. even
1: more than fifteen yeah. a year.
0: And I mean, he he's was arguably the best possession receiver in the in the league.
1: How much is a possession receiver worth?
0: A lot. Not two first round picks though. Right.
1: That's what I'm saying. Two first round picks plus a massive contract.
0: Remember how we always said you can't trade first round picks if you don't have your quarterback. Mm-hmm. Where do we stand on that now? <laughs> Are first-round picks back in play because you have Drew Locke? Or do you have to see it for sure from Drew Locke before first-round picks are back in play? You got to see it. And the reason reason to
1: me is because John Elway said, with his actions, I'm not 100% confident in this. He had a chance to pick him at 10. He had a chance to pick him at 20. And if you're 100% sure, you're not letting him slide. Mm -hmm. You're not making the risk. So... John wasn't even willing to put this year's first at twenty into that, so I think I think you hold on to him.
0: Well, I, I guess answer this question: If Adam Rank is right, <laughs> and the Broncos go two and fourteen, would they draft a quarterback? Yes, yes. Okay, so you then have to. then you then you can't right. first round picks are off the table.
1: At what point does that change?
0: As soon as he looks like the real deal. And what does that mean? I mean, is that a four game sample size thing. at the end of this week?
1: Or at the end of this year?
0: Yeah, I remember, wasn't it Deshaun? Didn't Deshaun Watson play for like four, four to six games before he got injured mm. in his first season? Yeah, I think and it was like six, yeah. You knew at that point. Right. You're right. You don't need much. No, just a, a small sample that says, okay, yeah, he's got it.
1: Uh, and this just makes me a little mad about what could potentially happen, just the thought of it potentially happening, a dreadful season for the Broncos. Or maybe not dreadful, but you know they're not making the playoffs. And you know Joe Flacco's not your quarterback for the next seven years. Don't keep Drew Locke on the bench.
0: God, I hope we don't have these conversations. Uh,
1: don't. Yeah, don't do it. Now, if, if you want to wait until week 12, that's fine. Whatever. Let him get the four games in. If it's not going that way, you have to. You have to. You have to.
0: Oh, uh, man. I really hope it doesn't come to that on this <laughs> podcast where we're just banging the table like play drew lock please
1: and you know i have bad news for that is it's a new coaching staff it's the same general manager and john elway is there every week and you're fooling yourself if you don't believe that he has a crucial piece of influence in terms of who plays and who doesn't how much more than more than the head coach so he owns 51 percent of the lineup Fifty one to ninety nine, yeah. He's the majority owner. Fifty one to one hundred percent, yeah.
0: You so let's say it's week two. Mm -hmm. Joe Vacu threw six interceptions in week (laughs) one. And John always wants Drew to play. You think that's happening?
1: Hundred percent. Hundred percent. But I think I think John is going to say, Ah, Joe, you made me look so stupid. I gotta ride with you a few more weeks, but come on, buddy.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> I so hope we don't have to have that conversation.
1: Yeah. Oh, six interceptions would be brutal. <laughs> Especially if Derek Carr goes out and has four touchdowns.
0: I wish that game was somewhere else. It would be way cooler if it wasn't at the Coliseum. Not
1: in Oakland? Yeah. Uh, I was talking with someone yesterday, and they were, they were just telling me how brutal the Broncos' schedule is. Which, yeah, it's, it's very tough. And they said, I mean start with a, a, a terribly difficult game in Oakland against the Raiders. And in my head, I thought, whoa, if you think that's a tough game, then this is going to be a brutal season. Because if they don't get through that game with a win, especially if it looks bad, maybe Adam maybe it's closer to Adam Rank than <laughs> it is the 12-4. and four.
0: Um, I, mean, I, I will say at least the weather will be nice. Yeah. Last couple of times they've played in Oakland, it's mm. been an absolute mess.
1: Sp- I mean, the field last year?
0: Yep. Field is ripping apart. That's why that dude had that kick re- or punt return touchdown because it yep. was slipping all over the place. Yep.
1: What are we looking at? 70?
0: Hmm. Sounds great.
1: Yeah, that does sound good. You over the heat? I thought you'd love the heat.
0: I love the heat. I love the heat. Oh, and
1: just compared to like a 51-degree day yeah. in Oakland
0: with fog. Yeah. And, yeah, 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 yeah. And it, it smells bad there. Yeah. As soon as there's like some moisture in the air, it just smells Especially bad. Especially
1: at that stadium. That stadium just looks like it. it
0: is breathing mold. It's like the stadium equivalent of a subway station <laughs> on a bad block of New York.
1: Oh, God.
0: There's rats. It smells like oh. poop.
1: <laughs> your your lunch is in a paper bag, right? Uh-huh.
0: Yep. Probably no keto options there. Ugh. At least at like, the Broncos, it's a buffet. Right. So like they'll have like feta chicken or something. I'll just mm-hmm. be able to scoop that, a bunch of scoops of that. And it's warm? Yep. This is like a banana. No, an <laughs> apple. Not even a banana. A banana would be better <laughs> than an apple. You get like an apple... A bag of chips.
1: I could see them just putting like a head lettuce in like there and like a PB
0: and J sandwich. Oh wow!
1: At least you can open the sandwich up, scrape off the PB without hitting the J, and
0: eat eat it. What do you not like, peanut butter? You keto oh no oh okay, okay yeah okay.
1: you can't have the bread you can't no, have the jelly. Have to
0: get the jelly off
1: right i see what you're saying yeah so, you just because you well you can't have anything else so you know all you're getting is what you can eat
0: yeah and the that low quality peanut butter sometimes there's some sugar in there to make yep. it taste a little better so <laughs> yeah like i gotta buy the natural stuff yeah then it's like four carbs per two tablespoons yep and it's uh it's probably the stuff that Coagulates
1: if you leave it in too long, and you got to stir it, and it takes ten minutes to stir. Oh
0: God! (laughs) All right, let's get to the questions. (laughs) Looking forward to week one.
1: Uh, Oh, wait, really quick before we dive into the questions, the NFL put out uh, what one of someone who works for the NFL put up a top ten quarterbacks of all time, and we won't dive into this. But it is we get mad Wednesday. It is we get mad Wednesday. Okay, we'll do it. Tom Brady one. Joe Montana, two. Peyton Manning, three. Ooh. Four, Johnny Unitas. Five. Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, whoa. Keep going.
1: Five, Otto Graham. Oh, my. Six, Drew Brees. Seven, Dan Marino. Eight, Roger Staubach. Is there someone I'm missing? Oh, my God. <laughs> Tell me he's in the top ten. Ten. I'm skipping one. Is Aaron Rodgers. Number nine is John Elway. <sighs> I was going to
0: say, we get mad Wednesdays about to get- <laughs> So number that, nine
1: exactly so be, before I, I let you unleash adam rank responds to this <laughs> it, it wasn't his rankings he responds from emoji a thinking emoji and goes i would have breeze over manning so just he just he sees the disrespect for the broncos with john elway being number nine and just says you know what I'm just going to step on him a little more and say Peyton Manning isn't that good.
0: Read me the top five again.
1: Tom Brady, Joe Montana, Peyton Manning, Johnny Unitas, and Otto Graham.
0: Otto oh, Graham? <laughs> yeah. You got to go, John, somewhere in the top five. Uh, without a doubt. Um, I personally would rather have John Elway or Peyton Manning over Joe Montana. I would as well. But I, 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 it's defensible. You can defend Joe Montana sure, for sure. Sure. Um, I, 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 never know what to do with John Elway and Peyton Manning. I'm fine with either. You yeah. want to put Elway uh, two, Manning three, Manning two, Elway three, Manning t- three, Elway
1: four. Like it's just like the straw debate. Whenever I hear an argument, I'm like, Yeah, yeah, okay, I feel that way. And then you hear the the argument for the other one, and you're like, oh, Okay, yeah, 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 I, I see that.
0: Well, let me just ask you this. You're starting a franchise, Peyton. In their prime, you want Peyton. Yeah, I do. I do, and and I'd be very happy with John. Who do you want? I think I want John. Mm. I need the mobility for my offense.
1: Yeah, if with your stance on Kyler Murray, you certainly do.
0: I need the mobility <laughs> for what I'm trying to run out there. Peyton just.
1: You don't need a good coaching staff.
0: No. I mean, Peyton, I'm <laughs> with you. It's like the straw debate. Right. You don't even have to worry about your offensive coordinator. Peyton's your <laughs> offensive right. coordinator. You don't say anything. You just say, like, okay, go it's ahead. It's you, man. You whatever, brought, whatever you want, buddy. You brought the playbook, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go teach the guys. You should teach our coordinator while you're out. it. <laughs> All right. Um, and then he's going to get hired for a head coaching job and suck. <laughs> um, but John – for, for just my – I'm the coach, mm-hmm. and I'm running my offense. Mm-hmm. I just, oh, yeah. <laughs> I need John.
1: <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. And there's no going wrong with that. So you kept saying, you know, two, three, I don't care, two, four, I don't care. Is one TB.
0: It has to be. Yeah. Uh, just the Super Bowls. And it's not like the Warriors where they they constructed a super team, and someone like – Klay Thompson, who I, I don't have any disrespect for Klay Thompson's you know, skill set. But he wasn't going to win three, four, five rings right. if he was on Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Or, or even Steph Curry. Steph right. Curry is probably not winning rings if he's not all, Well
1: KD wasn't winning rings before he joined There him. you
0: go. This isn't that. Tom Brady is the Super Team himself. <laughs> Everything else around him has changed, and yeah. he keeps winning Super Bowls. Yep. So it's I know there's the Belichick debate, but I always lean players over coaches. So I think it's Belichick has coasted more off Brady's success than Brady has off Belichick's. And so I, I just I, after this like this last one, it's just like all right. Well, what can you possibly say? You just, there's no arguments anymore.
1: No, there there's. It, and that's exactly it. Maybe two years ago, after Peyton retired, I came to, to terms with this. And life's just been easier.
0: Yeah. And you know what? I'd still probably take John if I'm starting my franchise because I need him for my offense. <laughs> You're
1: not getting any mobility with Tom. Who would, let's say you had to choose between Tom and Peyton for your offense. Who are you choosing based off mobility?
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking of Peyton's uh, bootleg. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> Honestly, Peyton, in his most athletic days, was more athletic than Tom Brady.
1: Yeah, I think so. But we just didn't see that with the Broncos. No. Because that, we those that. weren't his most athletic but, like, days. Go
0: back and watch some like, Tennessee tape. Mm-hmm. He's running around and like, making throws off his back foot and all sorts of stuff.
1: I'm not saying Peyton has like, got a great acceleration, but Tom... You just when you watch him, you just like want to blow on the TV. You want to push him, you, you like you when he's running something. for that pass in the Super Bowl <laughs> yeah. against the
0: Eagles. Yeah, you're like, oh my god, dude. There's like dents in the ground from his feet hitting so hard. I'm like,
1: buddy, let's try. Let's pick it up.
0: <laughs> oh, he, he he like barely gets off the ground trying to jump home. <laughs> yeah.
1: So really, what we learned today well, is I mean that
0: is that is asinine to yeah. put John at nine. It is.
1: It is. And the, just the disrespect from just the NFL, NFL.com on the Broncos, I guess just the NFL in general is ridiculous. It's absurd.
0: <laughs> all right. Should we take a break? Yes. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, we will get to all of your questions on the BSM Broncos podcast. Green Mountain Dental has a longstanding tradition of being one of Lakewood's best family dental care offices. Uh- been a patient since I was three which is in 1974 you know my parents myself and now my children all go there it's just a great place to be very positive experience with them definitely New patients can receive free teeth whitening trays when they schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam also, all colored sport mouth guards start at just $25. The doctors will come out and visit with you, um, ask you how your family's doing. You know, just very friendly and family-oriented. It's just very comfortable to, to be there. That's GreenMountainDentalGroup.com. It's the final segment on a We Get Mad Wednesday, and so you better have come correct in the Ooh, comments or we might get mad at you. Uh, and the first one here, I don't quite understand, but I'll read it anyway. It's from 34B, 34B, three for b There we go. Yep. Keep forgetting that. We're <laughs> talking about the bust for Pat Bowen, not a different type of bust. Right. <laughs> three for Bowen, Three for Bowen, Three for Bolin. I'm not confused with that. I'm confused with the question. He says, RK, and this is a quote, Casey, Kimberly, whatever, All the world's a stage, and the men and women are are merely players. Did you say that yesterday? No, I think he's referencing me not knowing Case Keenum's wife's name. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently it was Kimberly, which isn't that far from Casey. Oh, Kimberly, Kimberly Keenum, solid name. Probably a nice lady, not in my experience.
1: You know what, that, that would be a really good name for a character on a show.
0: Mm. Mm. she's like a a lawyer or something right right a character yes yeah (laughs) next one's from luca says hey guys i'm counting on your expertise again on our pod we're ranking all the teams in terms of coaches schedule and roster we are grading each category from one to ten with ten being the max and one being the minimum grade possible I would prefer your take on the Broncos just like last year. All the best and keep it up from Germany. Okay. So the coaching staff, schedule, and roster. So 10 would be the toughest schedule, I'm guessing. Yeah. And Ross, 10, 10 would be like the Warriors. Or right. Exactly. Yeah. Super and Warriors. what are we doing? Five is 500,
1: 800,
0: 500 team average. Okay. Yeah, it has to be. Coaches. Funny that this comes up today. Yeah. I'm giving them a seven oh
1: i will too i will too i like that maybe yeah maybe six and a half just because of the inexperience no but you got all the top pieces you got you got the big three so i'm i like seven schedule
0: this is a nine it's a nine that's the a, that's the a worst thing for vic Fangio. yes all, all, really, Broncos fans can hope for is that there's a lot of turnover in this year's NFL in terms of good teams turning bad, bad teams turning good. Right. Which happens a lot in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like, an example would be the Bears. I would not be surprised to see the Bears have a very mediocre season. Did you know that um, some Vegas sportsbook reported that they're getting more bets on Mitch Trubisky than any other player to win MVP this year?
1: No way. Yes. Does he have incredible odds? I think
0: he may, that's probably what it is, is he's like low enough that there's a big payout and people believe in it.
1: I, I think the best bet you can make, I don't know if this is a bet you can make, but for the Ravens to not win their division, because they're the favorites to win their division, I think that's you the best bet. The
0: field, you want to take the field?
1: Right, exactly. I think maybe similar... The Miss Trubisky thing, but although he's not a favorite, so that's probably why it's popular. But that blows me away because I think he's a middle-of-the-run quarterback.
0: Yeah, I mean, Mahomes has such an inside track just because of the the, the offense that they play.
1: Could Tom Brady benefit from Patrick Mahomes this year? Because now Mahomes is taking the spotlight off Brady. If Brady comes out and has you know 45 touchdowns, maybe people will be like, whoa, look at this Tom guy. Brady is not getting (laughs) 45 (laughs) touchdowns.
0: He's lost it a little bit. Yeah, you keep telling yourself <laughs> that, <laughs> Mahomes. I just think the offense—it's all about the numbers. It yeah, just puts up so many numbers that I think it's going to be hard for someone to unseat him.
1: Especially now that you don't have a name at running back, and, and I know he produced last year when he came in after Kareem Hunt left. But it's just going to be more enticing when you—it's just going to be like Peyton when he threw fifty-five and you're at the one-yard line. You should definitely run the ball. Pick no. play for Wes Wilker. Right, exactly. No, you're not going to run the ball. You're going to get Peyton's numbers.
0: Yeah, it's exactly what they do. And disgusting as it may be, it seems like Tyreek Hill is going to play. Uh, is that what it looks like? It's what it looks like. Uh, that is disgusting. So, okay, and then roster. I'm giving them a five. Yeah, I was going to go six. Okay. I was going to go six because of the,
1: the potential star power. That's true. But it is a pretty – I mean, but then you look at the offensive line and how much of a question mark that is, you're not wrong five or six. Look, if we're going sevens across the board for everything, then you're like, okay, this should
0: probably be a playoff team, right? Yes. And, and, uh, yeah, I think sevens across the board gets you into the playoffs. What you're counting on is a seven coaching staff to turn a five roster into a seven roster.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: If you get that, then you're – you'll be co- competing at least. Yep.
1: Then we're t- I mean, sevens are probably 10 and six. If you have sevens across the board. Right. Hmm.
0: Is that winning? Is that close to a 700 winning percentage?
1: No, no. 700 winning percentage would be like, it would be like th- 11 and five. Okay. So it's close. What do we say? Oh, 10 and six. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's close. Yeah. <laughs>
0: you had me. I was like, wait, really? <laughs> All right. Next one here is a long one. Comes in from Lindsay MVP 2020. Hey guys, first off, I, uh, all I can say is I loved all the kicker and punter talk over the last week. I'm pretty sure that BMAC and Wadman jerseys will be flying off the shelves. I will be 100. I will 100 be supporting the RK and Zach World Tour, and look forward to welcoming you guys to Sydney, Australia. I've given some thought to your goal of making the tour stand for something, and here's my idea. And this is good, Zach. RK and Zach's World Grassroots Sports Tour. Sport, and in particular football or American football, as they say in Australia, is the common glue that holds this community together. Wouldn't it be cool if RK and Zach could give back to grassroots or local sports in each of the places that they visit on the world tour? I can imagine the guys helping and volunteering, setting up soccer fields in Brazil for a local soccer team, volunteering for a local cricket club in England to help run a match, Helping man a canteen or a tuck shop at a local Australian football league match in Melbourne or Sydney. The tuck shop or canteen is a shop grounds, um, at the ground staffed by volunteers where you buy food or drink in case you're wondering. Isn't that awesome? I love that idea. I love it. He goes on. The BSN community overseas would have some great connections into local sporting teams, and it would be a great way to give back to sports across the world at a local level. Surely between the community we could organize this. Let me know what you think.
1: I love it. Fantastic. That's that's the type
0: of thinking that we we're looking for. Yeah, I mean, it's perfect. I think you got it. That's it. Hit it on the head. And and like he said, I'm sure you know L H in Brazil, who actually uh, is associates with the Brazilian American Football League. I believe
1: he definitely has those connections.
0: Um, I'm sure there's some grassroots stuff beneath that for kids and whatnot. It would be so cool. And and even if it's just you know. Bringing down some footballs and a pump and you know pumping them up and giving them to kids like whatever it is, um teaching them how to throw like that is that's it, you got it. you nailed it.
1: yeah, it reminds me of the camps we've been to for with, that the players have had Vaughn and Emmanuel,
0: very one on one interaction It would be so cool just just to be able to help grow football and or whatever in these other countries, so I guess the next step would be. If you are from one of the countries that we've mentioned, and you know or know of someone or something that is involved with youth sports or grassroots uh, type of you know, leagues, let us know. And then we can kind of start doing some, some low-level planning of how it could work and how we could help out. Yeah, I, I love this. I love this. It's so BSN. exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, shout out to Lindsay MVP 2020 for a fantastic, fantastic idea there. He comes in with a question, too. He says, Finally, I have an idea. Oh, no, this is not. This is just additionally. Oh. Finally, I have an idea of how you can get the Broncos organization to fund this.
1: <laughs> sounds good to me can
0: we take the bowling plane <laughs> who do you have to pitch in the special team scouting department of the broncos to get the assignment of rk and zach scouting and bringing back a booming aussie punter to play in denver <laughs> think michael dixon punting for seattle or Cameron johnson punting for the eagles
1: mm. yeah that'll be a tough pitch to the broncos <laughs> you don't think they trust us <laughs> i don't think they do God, I think we would uh, I think they'd laugh. They get a fun fun laugh out of it.
0: I imagine us coming back with just this like drunken guy <laughs> <like, laughs> smoking cigarettes on the plane.
1: But what if we came back with a stud, the Tom McMahon? He couldn't even find this like guy we Rico, Rico. <laughs> What if we do? And then they send us they're like what what would be kind of a step up from a punter? What do you mean? To to like find for an organization. You know, they're not going to trust us with the quarterback.
0: Oh, I see. Like a a fullback?
1: Okay. Then they send us the next year on a fullback tour. We need to go find the fullback. And then we just move our way up.
0: We'd get really confused because fullback means something totally different (laughs) in like Australian football and soccer.
1: Maybe we eventually just start scouting guys in other sports for them across the world.
0: That'd be great. Mm. That would be a great gig. Let's make that happen. All right, from Aquaman, twelve minutes of *Bachelor* at talk. Are you kidding? Where is the hard-hitting *Hot Pocket* talk? <laughs> we still need to feed you a hot pocket. Yes, we do. Uh, for charity work, food banks are a great option. They always need volunteers and can be found in every city. That's a good idea too. That's very true. That is very
1: true, and that and that's one uh, that we could do as well. I mean, that doesn't have to be just doing one project when we're out there. Yeah, absolutely. Next one coming in from Stebert ninety two. He says, Hey, BSN family, I was recently reading an article on the most dangerous personnel groups in the NFL this year. Not, or maybe surprisingly, the Broncos were not in the top 10 that they had listed. I was wondering what personnel set do you guys think is most dangerous? I'm confused.
0: Most dangerous personnel groups. Are we talking about like a position group?
1: That's what I think. Okay. And yeah, the
0: Broncos I'm... have to have one of the most dangerous position groups with Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. They have to
1: top 10
0: is someone gonna like give me some bs like well dakota watson is the third stringer or justin holland's third stringer so does it matter if they're playing if vaughn and Chubb are playing 90 percent of the time sure doesn't no
1: they have to be top 10
0: right it's like saying like oh well like patrick mahomes isn't the the chiefs don't have a top quarterback <laughs> oh, right. room because patrick mahomes backup is whoever the hell
1: yeah whoever the hell is right yeah that you know what if they were to put him at john elway's number nine That'd be fine. I wouldn't be raising hell about that. But they have to be in the top 10. Yep. Agreed. He goes on and says, Also, I've been watching YouTube videos by Brett Brett Coleman, and I have to say his most recent video, which he linked in, in his comment, on Jason Kelsey has me even more worried at center. Granted, I may be a little biased toward Jason because I was lucky enough to have stood a mere few hundred feet away from him as he delivered that legendary speech at Philly Art Museum after winning the Super Bowl.
0: Well, I guess we'll have to watch the video. (laughs) (laughs) I'm assuming it's just showing that he's really good and it helps the Eagles offense.
1: Yeah, the
0: good center does help. Sure does. Broncos willingly passed on one.
1: And it just doesn't really make sense because they did everything else on the offensive line.
0: And they have money.
1: Yep. Until, until they handed gave it away.
0: They could have easily matched three for 27. Isn't that what it was? hmm
1: And they could have done more guarantees. I think only this year is guaranteed.
0: Crazy. I mean, unless his injury is really bad, then O will look like a genius. Right, exactly. If not, though, it's a bad move. All right, last one from Sonny Rain. You guys are killing me about the way better players of today's NFL. <laughs> I used to say some of the exact same things that you guys are. Just wait. 25 to 30 years from now, some guy is going to be telling you how Beef Supreme is the greatest player and greatest football played of all time. And you're going to look at old Beef Supreme and you're going to be like, no, I'm sorry, Kyler Murray was a way better quarterback. <laughs> it's the way of the world. I love it. Thanks, guys. Well,
1: Sonny Rand, I think you're right. I think that's exactly what Ryan's going to be saying. But I think I'm going to be embracing this. I mean, this isn't like... Ah, I could see how someone would say this is my generation of players because, you know, they're kind of my age right now. But I think I understand that, you know, Beef Supreme is gonna be the best athlete that's ever existed in twenty thirty thirty years.
0: I don't think that human uh evolution can go much further. You think LeBron James is kind of our I th- ceiling? Th- yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I was literally just gonna say it doesn't there you can't beat LeBron James. Like Zion is similar, but he's not even cl- like right. He's like a ninety percent of LeBron of LeBron. So I don't, I don't think LeBron will ever be topped in terms of physical specimens.
1: What if LeBron? What if be- Beef Supreme is LeBron as a tight end in twenty or thirty years?
0: I would love to see that. A hundred percent would love to see that. I just like I, I, it's so funny that you went straight to LeBron because I mean, obviously it's, <laughs> it's an obvious one, but I was literally about to say. LeBron is the peak of human existence right. from an athletic standpoint.
1: On the TV, though, they have uh, a little promo for Deshaun Watson. And I'll tell you what. Okay, this isn't him right now. but Josh Jacobs. Yeah, they. I promise you Deshaun Watson was on there. But I look at him, and he doesn't look very physically imposing.
0: Well, neither does Tom Brady. What does that have to well, do with anything? Uh, I just
1: feel like we will eventually be looking at the 6'7 quarterback that's actually good.
0: It's funny you say that because I actually might have to agree with Sonny Rain. <laughs> There's going to be some <laughs> physical freak quarterback, and we're going to be sitting here trying to tell some kid that Tom Brady was better, and he's going to be watching film of Tom Brady and being like, that lumbering piece right. of lard yeah. is better than Beef Supreme? Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah, and the, the one
1: that I – can't argue against is Peyton. I'm going to be like, no, you don't understand. His mind was amazing.
0: And they're going to be like, come on, man. Yeah. It's so true. They're going to be like, who cares about his mind? (laughs) Yeah. Look how weak his arms look. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Look, I just looked it up on, on Google plus or whatever they're going to have there. And his nickname was noodle arm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They're like, this guy couldn't even play in cold weather. (laughs)
1: He even had to wear a glove at the end of his career because he couldn't hold on to the football.
0: No, that, that's not what they're going to say. They're going to be like, I mean, imagine a time where you couldn't play, like where players had to deal with cold weather. Now we just control the climate <laughs> with, <laughs> with a remote control. That's true. <laughs> oh, man.
1: every Every game after the middle of October would be a blizzard for my team. Oh, really? Yeah. Why? Yeah i love football i I love football in the snow
0: you're creating a instead of a dome you're creating a snow globe (laughs) yep exactly that'd be a sick name for a stadium the the snow globe that'd be very cool it'd have to be well no could it be a dome can't it It can't be a dome unless in the future um all games are played indoors but there's a random weather generator (laughs) just like on madden (laughs) yeah and you just press you click it and it just like cycles through and it, like, lands on on Blizzard, and, like, all the players are like, oh.
1: <laughs> now, what is this? 24 hours before a game or five minutes before a kickoff?
0: Um, You probably got to give them time to uh, prepare. And for, fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, the fans. Mm-hmm. That's more
1: important. So people in Miami may have to buy, like, snow coats.
0: Just in case, yeah. Dang, I like it. It's great, it'd be great for the economy. It would be. Because all of a sudden, <laughs> in Miami, they're having to sell jackets.
1: And then in Green Bay... You are like wearing speedos.
0: They like in, they uh, there's like a covered pool, <laughs> and like they land on like 85 and sunny, and they're like open up the pool, <laughs> and everyone comes in like Hawaiian shirts. It's Luau Day at Lambo. <laughs> Luau Day at Lambo. The, the Lambo Luau. <laughs> That's it. Like you've heard of, um, oh god, like the Snow Bowl. Yep. This is the Lambo. The Lambo Luau. The Lam. <laughs> The Lambo Luau, (laughs) God, that is say that five times.
1: Lambo Luau, yeah, that's a that's a nightmare.
0: That sounds great. All right, well, I'm on board.
1: I'm on board too. And speaking of Lambo Luaus, we're finally there. The fourth, we got our own fourth Luau. Oh, God, I love the fourth. Now let's we we can put all the what is it wired up mess pissed off wednesday why you have such har- i don't, have such a hard time i don't about.
0: know <laughs> we get mad wednesday we it's very self-explanatory
1: now it's i'm i moved on from that i got it all in my system so thank you for all of the people that gave us things to get mad about it's all out of my system it is sunny sunny moving forward
0: it's true we like aired our grievances yep. before our favorite holiday yep and as a programming note we will not be doing a podcast tomorrow. I hope you guys understand. Uh, but we will be back on Friday, and it'll be twice as good. It will be. be. recharged. We be uh, recharged. We will be dead in the water.
1: We've got some juice, too. It's going to be fun.
0: All right. Well, with that, we appreciate you guys for tuning in. We hope you have a amazing 4th of July. But most importantly, we hope you stay safe. Just try to like avoid the roads, because if it's not you, some other idiot will be out there. So be, be safe. Be smart, enjoy some fantastic cold snacks and whatever else. And if you're not from the US, you're allowed to celebrate as well. We give you personal permission. We will talk to you later on the BSN Broncos podcast. It's Allie and Lindsay
1: here, and we want to talk to you about our new favorite wine subscription. It is Winester. The best thing about Winester is that they work with small wineries. You know BSN loves supporting small local businesses, and Winester is just that, supporting real people making real wine. These guys will curate a hand-picked shipment for you from the best small wine producers in the U.S. So my favorite part about Winester is the fact that